When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, college lacrosse fans? You are watching, I think it's the 93rd episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. Uh, I actually tried to record this yesterday and was going to put this out audio only, and it ended up being terrible audio quality. The audio was clipping all over. I was a little too hot in my mic. So today we're going to re-record it. I want to talk one more time, just one more day about the COVID-19, the, the coronavirus, the Chinese virus, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm cool with all of them. Um, and talk about what that means for the college lacrosse athletes specifically uh, coming up for next year and everything like that, because there's a lot of things that haven't been considered with the senior class, well, with everybody all getting red shirts and another year to play. Before I get into it, I wanted to say a little bit about our sponsor, Sideline Swap, uh, the best place to buy and sell used and hard-to-find lacrosse gear. You can sell all that old, dusty, musty crap that's sitting in your garage. Well, hopefully it's not dusty and musty. In my garage, my, um, my gear bag has actually been infested by mice, one of the rough winters where we had some mice in the garage and they have shit and pissed all over everything in my gear bag. So I will not be putting any of that up on sideline swap. Hopefully you contained your equipment a little bit better than I did, but uh, you can put all of that stuff collecting dust in your garage or in your basement or even on the shelves in your bedroom. If you're really, really hardcore and you can sell that on sideline swap, go to sidelineswap.com link in the description below. We also put a bunch of our own gear up on sideline swap. These plumber bros, lacrosse shorts, a club team that I played for many moons ago. Those are up there. We just sold this saloon shirt uh, yesterday, so this is getting shipped out either today or tomorrow to the person who bought that. And then, as always, you can go to laxfactor.com. We have new never-worn reversibles uh, that we had as samples sitting around that we're now putting up and selling on the site. So you can go to laxfactor.com. These are all kind of in between XL and double XL. so these are good for grown men, fat guys that just kind of want to wear these around. Uh, so we have a bunch of these up on laxfactor.com, and then we have shorts, crap like that too. All this stuff has never been worn, hence it being on our website and not on sidelineswap.com. May put some there too, but uh, sidelineswap.com, visit that sponsor, and then you can go to laxfactor.com, links in the descriptions. So getting into it, uh, there's a lot of things that people maybe haven't fully considered and haven't gone down the rabbit hole of what the red shirts mean for all of these kids. I even have my tablet on, but I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, so I don't even need it. So red shirts, these are big decisions that these kids have to make now. You're, you're faced with a bunch of seniors that have lost their senior year of lacrosse. To a lot of these people, this senior year of lacrosse was insanely important to them. I marvel at the amount of college seniors that are just upset that weren't athletes that are upset at losing the senior experience. Think about how much worse it is for these kids that are losing both their senior experience and the sport that they have busted their ass and played for four years and longer. You know, a lot of these kids, their whole, a great portion of their life 
was dedicated getting to this moment, getting into the college game, and then these higher up players, these guys are dedicated to you know winning a championship, getting into the tournament, and all of their hopes were kind of dashed. Now, we have the crowd out there, and I call these people a-holes that are like, ah, fuck them. They're, they're there for the education. Who cares? It's like, eh, you're an a-hole. Yes, that is absolutely true. Yes, it is not the end of the world. Yes, these guys will move on, and they are going to be okay, and they will learn from this, even if they didn't get the red shirt granted to them, and they were forced to just graduate without their senior year of lacrosse. But let's have some compassion here. I mean, if you put yourself in someone else's shoes for a minute and feel the pain and try to understand the pain from their side, what they're experiencing is real. Some of these college kids, hopefully, hopefully some of these college kids or most of these college kids, hopefully this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys maybe have experienced a couple of deaths uh, of older family members. Hopefully most of them still have their parents and their siblings and everybody, you know, most of these kids haven't had terrible tragedies happen to them yet as they're, as they're still young men. And uh, this is a really rough thing for some of these people to process. So I'm with them. I feel bad for these guys. So let's get into what this means. Seniors now have to make a decision. Do we redshirt? Do I come back to school? Do I graduate? Do a graduate year? Where do I do that graduate year? If some of these kids that decide to stay at the schools they're at and do their graduate years there, they have to decide, do I pro do I prolong and put off my introduction into the workforce and my introduction into real life? Do I decide to to put off my career to stay in school one more year and play lacrosse? Some of these kids don't need the graduate year, and they will literally be deciding to stay in school and play lacrosse and get their graduate degree just so they can get that extra year of lacrosse in. There's nothing wrong with that, and then the benefit of that is that you get your master's degree as part of it, hopefully. Um, but I'm al- already have heard stories of uh, one really good story of a guy who had a job lined up whose employer, uh, if I'm understanding the story correctly, their employer actually hinted at this person staying in school one more year. And uh, that's incredible where we see stuff like that. So that's a big decision. Do I come back to graduate school and keep playing lacrosse? Or do I get on with my life and start my career? And I mean, hey, I don't begrudge them for either decision. If you decided to bolt and get your degree, I'm with you. Who could ever uh, begrudge a, a player that decision? But if you decided likewise to come back and do that graduate year, once, once again, it's a win-win. You know, the, these guys are getting that year back in that case and getting a graduate degree. So if we're trying to find a silver lining, that's a pretty good way to go about getting your graduate degree is getting to play that fourth year of lacrosse. And then, you know, for the guys that, that choose not to stay, that is cool too. The other thing is financial considerations. I think the myth is that these kids are all on full rides and that is the, it is not even close to the case. Uh, college division one lacrosse players get, or teams get 12 and a half scholarships, the ones that get scholarships. And they have to divvy those scholarships up across their team. And the question now becomes, what happens with the incoming freshmen? Usually a senior class graduates, that senior class's scholarships graduate with them, and then they repurpose those scholarships and you know return and put them back on the freshman class. Now we have a scenario where seniors are going to need those scholarships and freshmen uh, have already been earmarked for those scholarships. So what do the teams do? I think the most um, likely scenario is the NCAA is simply going to allow the senior scholarships to stick, but then how does that play down the line? So uh, one of the things that I saw floating around is that through this period of weirdness as they're dealing with giving this ex- these extra athletes red shirts, that they will probably uh, just give the teams six, t- give the men's sports 
uh, 16.75 scholarships and the women 16, which would, I think, be a 25% increase over what they have now, something like that. Uh, that makes sense, though, because then through this period, as they have the extra class hanging around, the, they have enough scholarships to cover everybody and, and make sure that it's not as much of a financial burden on the parents because they're at least still getting that scholarship money that they expected to get. So that's one of the theories. Another one is just that you let the kids keep the scholarships they have and then you just let the new kid, you know, anyone who had a scholarship earmarked coming into the season, if you were a senior, you get that back. If you're a freshman, you get that. And then that's just how it rolls. But we'll see how that plays out. But there's a lot of uncertainty that surrounds how that is actually going to work. Uh, the One of the biggest things that even I didn't really consider, but that I heard, I, I read, I forget in the article, um, is guys who are seniors who were really looking forward to the camaraderie and just being on this team through that senior year that maybe didn't participate or play a lot. There are going to be a lot of players on a lot of rosters where these seniors want that senior year, but now it's not for them. It's not just a matter of financial considerations. Let's say this is a kid who's decided, screw it. I'm coming back. I'm going to get my graduate degree. Maybe that was already the plan for that player. Uh, and now what they're worried about is their spot on the roster. Because now you have, they're supposed to be gone, they're not gone, and now you have all the incoming freshmen come in. How many of these guys that are seniors that didn't participate and play a whole lot that want to continue to be on the team, are they going to have roster spots? Because these coaches, a lot of these teams have, you know, max travel. Uh, they can only travel with so many. Uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know that across all levels that that is a thing, trying to figure out, hey, you can hold this many on your roster, you can have this many practice with you daily and be on the team, but you can only travel with this many. So there are scenarios where certain guys don't suit up and things like that. So what does this mean for those players that were kind of on the bench that still want to get that extra year in? Do they actually have a roster spot to stay on the bench? So that's a consideration I think that probably the schools, the conferences, and the NCAA all have to have together as well is what do we do with some of these guys that want to come back but maybe – because of the influx of players, and now we have too many guys to consider for the roster, how many of these guys end up getting cut? Uh, so those are conversations that players are going to have to have with their coaches, and then the coaches will have to figure out what they're going to be allowed to do. So that factors heavily into a lot of these kids' decisions, into the, a lot of these teams' decisions with what to do with money and blah, blah, blah. So that's a tough one. Um, another factor to consider is kids that transfer. Are we going to see a boatload of incoming freshmen transfer you know kind of decommitting to the schools they committed to and and going elsewhere there's a just a, because I'm a Syracuse homer as you all know uh there's a Syracuse has a really really good freshman attackman coming in very highly rated and they just so happen to have a spot open on the attack or should have uh with Steven Rafis uh, graduating in 2020 now what's Rafis going to do uh let, let's and let's be honest that incoming freshman wasn't guaranteed a spot anyway. We have Seabold. We have a lot of uh, other attackmen that were on the roster already that would have been vying for that third spot that Rafis would have left open if he had graduated and left. Now we're faced with maybe Rafis doesn't leave. Uh, now we're, or, or even if he does, what happens to this whole dynamic where there's there's people who are going to end up staying and does that scare some of these freshmen away from these teams being afraid that, hey, I was planning on being this high up the pecking order, but now knowing that some of these seniors are staying behind, you know, Syracuse doesn't have a lot of people that they're losing in that way. Um, so maybe it doesn't affect them as much. But uh, some of these teams, you know, where they have three, four, five seniors that were contributing or more, uh, what does that do for their incoming recruiting class and and, and how hard of a decision is that to make? How long are these recruits going to wait before decommitting? Because like, I'll tell you right now, 
if uh, the kid coming into Syracuse, he knows he's got to compete with Seabold, Rafus, and a couple other guys. Uh, actually, he wasn't planning on competing against Rafus. Now there's a, a guy who's a current starter who's put up 30 points, 40 points in a season um, that he has to compete with also. So it's like here was the pecking order. He was, let's say, third, maybe fourth on the line in the pecking order. Now he's down to maybe fifth on the line in the pecking order and he has to wait to find out what Rafis and other people are doing before he can make his decision. So Syracuse doesn't have it that bad. There are teams that are going to have this really bad where how many, how many incoming freshmen are just going to sit there and wait to see how this plays out before they say, ah, I might have a better chance playing somewhere else. And then they decide to go to that place. But the only thing that may level that off and cause that not to happen in mass is, um, the fact that every every team's going to have this scenario to a degree. So it's going to it just makes everything really hard, not just for the seniors, which everyone feels bad for, but for the younger guys below them and then for the incoming class. It complicates things to a ridiculous degree. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then the financials for the parents are huge to consider because the financials for the parents... Most of these parents are putting up money to put these kids through school. So uh, I heard one father say that maybe he's going to have to stave off his retirement for a year. His kid wasn't even a senior. His kid is an under, you know, I think probably a junior or something like that, maybe a sophomore. But uh, yeah, th- there's guys that are now sitting here saying, eh, you know, hey, we had this this college education figured out, planned out. We knew how we were going to pay for it. Now we have to maybe consider paying for an extra year should little Johnny decide to try to stay at school for another year. So from a financial, there's financial considerations for the parents. There is both professional, aka financial, and um, just regular, hey, what my heart tells me considerations for the players. There is all sorts of weird dynamics on the teams with the returning guys and, and things like that. So this, the the ramifications of what took place or what is, what are, what is taking place are so profound that none of us know how this is going to play out completely for the kids. And the NCAA still has to now kind of sit down and write up the rules that are going to apply that everybody has to follow. So we're still, yes, the NCAA has come out and said they're going to grant all of these athletes across the board, all sports, all spring sports, red shirts. There's even people lobbying to get the winter sports red shirts because these kids didn't play for the regular season. These kids are there to win championships and play like that. So there's all sorts of ridiculous things that the NCAA now has to sit down, write up rules for and then report on everybody and then everybody can start making their decisions but I see a lot of people being a little callous you know in the sense that ah, oh, who cares they got their education blah 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 I don't feel bad for them and hey I'm not pretending there's not utility in that rule of thought there is you know the tough love mentality is is one that I go with my kids and I tend to err there so yes I am in this case being a little bit more um, sympathetic than I normally am simply because I I was a lacrosse player and I know what it feels to not have lacrosse anymore. I do not know what it feels to have a season just yanked out from under you right while you're in the midst of it and then have so much uncertainty swirl around it. Um, the biggest thing that I want to talk about with this coronavirus, one of the the things that we all have to do is let's try to find a silver lining anywhere. You know, there's so much negative in the world right now. There are probably some positives to take away from here. And one of the positives I wanted to point out 
is that um, in, in hard times, you end up developing character and uh, you end up learning important life skills and lessons and things like that. And I think the main lesson that these college kids have now started to understand that maybe they didn't before is the world uh, doesn't give a shit about us. Our planet doesn't give a shit about us. I'm constantly telling my six and eight year old kid, hey, nobody cares. The only people in this world that care about you are your family and uh, mostly mom and dad and then your family beyond that. Nobody else gives a shit about you and you have to understand that and you have to know that you have to go out and get yours. It's easy for kids whose parents do everything for them to kind of go through life and and think and realize that, oh, well, everything just works out for me because look at all these things are just lining up. But the reality is the world doesn't give a shit. And these kids are now learning that that hard life lesson that sometimes just shit happens and you have to deal with it. A great example of this going right and, uh, and of this being the case is Michael Sowers. Michael, listen, I feel terrible for Michael Sowers. Michael Sowers has a really bad deal right now as this kid was on pace to wreck shit and he was, you know, pretty much the hands down Twarton winner at this stage in the season. Things could have changed for sure. Penn State could have won a national championship and Grant Amet could have put up 25 points, um, you know, over the course of the, the semifinals and the finals and won it all. But it looked like Michael Sowers, at least at this point, had it on lock, similarly to how uh, Pat Spencer did last year, where there was just a different way they were going about their business and, and getting those points, and Sowers was way ahead of everybody else. So, But point of this, what I dug was Sowers showing poise, showing maturity, showing leadership in going out and making that public statement on behalf of Princeton once the Ivy had shit-canned the whole season on these guys. Sowers goes up in front of cameras and puts a message out to internet world and to the lacrosse world at large that, listen, this sucks, but we have the back of the coaches. We have each other's backs. Our parents have our backs. But more importantly, what I liked about Sowers was at that point, all of us even were like, oh, is the Ivy, are they just being a bunch of pansies and doing this? Is this over an overreaction? Did the Ivy just fuck these kids? And... Sowers came out in that statement in one of the toughest moments of his life, I'm sure, and told the world that he had, they had the administrators' backs as well, that they knew that the administrators had a bad, a tough decision to make, and that they, they stood with those administrators at their schools uh, and their athletic directors in making the decision to cancel the Ivy season. Uh, man, the balls it took for that kid to do that, the poise that it took for him to do that in the way that he did, and what that meant to the lacrosse world was – listen – I didn't cry or anything like that. I didn't shed a tear, but you know, I was probably a little close as I watched that kid because I feel for that kid. That kid was, I'm a huge fan of Mike Sowers and I hope he's one of those kids that decides to get a graduate degree and come back and play a little bit more. I don't know how the Ivy is going to handle that. That's another thing. There's certain conferences that don't allow red shirts. So are they going to grant exceptions here in this case? All things that we have to figure out, but moral of the story, if you were trying to find a silver lining in all of this, which I know it's hard to do is this will teach this generation something. Um, a lot of people complain that the millennials were a little too soft. They didn't have anything to really test them and to shape them into tougher beings. Well, this generation has this, and this is going to be with us for a while. So these guys are going to have a story to tell when they're adults, and just as they're starting to come into their adulthood, they're experiencing a really weird thing with all of us. Listen, my father-in-law is in his 70s. He's never experienced anything like this. He's beside himself and stuck at home. Uh, sick, not able to go anywhere, not able to see his grandkids or anything, you know? So even the geezers who have been around for a while are all sitting there like, oh shit, what is going on now? Now with that all said, I'm not a doom and gloomer. I think that this is a precaution. I think that they are being way overly cautious in a good way. And I'm totally cool with it. So when I say they're being way overly cautious, I'm only saying that in a sense that 
40,000 people have already died this year uh, from the flu. I believe that number is in the U.S. alone uh, from the flu season. So it's not this year in 2020. It's the flu season, which goes back into last year. Uh, so far, I believe we're still under 200 deaths in the United States. I think if they even even if they let this thing run its course, 100,000, uh, the, the numbers vary. But, you know, anywhere from 100,000 to a half a million to a million people could die. I had to leave the door open today uh, because the cat was scratching at the door. So meet Oreo. We call her the cookie uh, because her name is Oreo, but she's been wanting to get in here as I've been podcasting lately. So moral of the story, this is going to be over. At some point, they're going to have to pull the Band-Aid off and we're all getting back to life as usual. Uh, And probably how I predict it's going to happen, they're going to pull our Band-Aid off maybe in a month, six weeks, and then they're going to tell the old people to stay in place while we get back to our lives and all of that stuff. I think that's going to happen. And then the old people will probably have to shelter in place for another two or three weeks after we all get out, get it, share it, get it and get it passed. And then they'll let people out. But this isn't going anywhere. This is one of those events in life that shapes a generation and, and teaches a generation important lessons. And uh, I think that's the only positive that you could take from this is this is going to make all of us a little bit tougher. Uh, But more importantly, it's going to make the kids that are going through this a little bit tougher, something that other generations haven't necessarily had. You know, in the 90s, us, us, I forget what we are, the Gen Xers, we had the constant threat of getting killed all the time around us. I mean, it was the most unsafe time in America to live in terms of gun violence and drug abuse and domestic robberies and all sorts of weird crap. So... Our generation, we had, and and we were the latchkey kids. We were the kids that were pretty much left at home alone for the first time to just deal with life, you know, at 10, 12, as our parents were both out working, trying to make a living. So we had our thing. And then I think that the, 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 the shtick that the millennials get is that they didn't have anything. They were too young to really remember 9-11 for the most part and to really understand what that meant to everything. And, um, and we haven't had any, we've been at war constantly, but we haven't had any wars like what earlier generations experienced to toughen them up. So this in the silver lining of this is, this is one of those things that is going to toughen us all up in the end. Uh, we just have to deal with it. Don't be scared. Uh, let's not be pack rats and everything, you know, get what you need. Uh, let's stay home and be cool. Uh, let's help our neighbors where our neighbors are in need and let's uh, not be scumbags and let's wash the shit out of our hands and crap like that. But silver lining is we're going to learn something from this both individually and then as as a culture and as a you know just one big world uh we'll learn from this we'll move forward and then hopefully we get fucking lacrosse back because it's driving me nuts man the i am surprised i'm gonna end with this i am surprised at, at how unbored i've actually been to a degree without sports i was figuring no march madness no lacrosse especially um we don't have nba playoffs which i don't really get into that much but still there's no sports to watch right now and i thought my boredom was going to be off the chain and it hasn't been uh honestly i've done a lot more things with my kids i'm starting to realize how badly lacrosse makes me a rolling stone to my children and how how much it consumes a huge portions of my life because i've just we've been spending more time weekends have been incredible going on hikes playing doing stuff outside yesterday we chalked on the uh road and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, a lot of people walk around our block. So we did chalk drawings or I didn't really. My kids and my wife did chalk drawings all over the road. Maybe if I have time, I'll throw a little clip up of uh, of what I contributed to that as we're ending this whole thing here. So uh, next week, uh, I was hoping this week, but we were a little busy. So next week, I'm hoping to shift focus from college season into the PLL. We had the PLL, uh, one of the drafts for uh, the incoming MLL guys. Um, so we'll talk about that next week and then we'll get into the instructional stuff that I talked about, but I want to do a good job with that stuff. So I just need an extra week to prepare. I had weeks worth of college content, ready to go outlines, ready to go for all these games, things I wanted to talk about guys. I wanted to talk about all 
in the trash right now. So just give me another week to get shifted into the PLL and into more coaching related instructional stuff. And we'll do that as always be sure to visit our sponsor, uh, uh, sideline swap, Dot com link in the description below you can also go to laxfactor.com be sure to like subscribe hit the notification bell all that good crap we will keep put, putting content out i was a little slow this week as i tried to start preparing for the new stuff that we want to do but next week we'll get back to two three shows per week and you guys can all kind of enjoy them hopefully as we get through the coronavirus but next week pll crap informational crap instructional crap lacrosse plays i think the first one we're going to do is running off picks proper you know how to properly reuse picks and run off picks and things like that so all good stuff thank you for watching hoost is out